I am unashamed. What about you? So, yeah, so, so I preached yesterday on the section that we've been studying. And it's as Jason said before, the podcast helped me because we get a chance to talk about this. Yeah. You know, I'm getting other people's perspective as I'm prepping. Now that's you know, cheating. Except <laughs> since you're since you're preaching for free, it's okay. So what you're saying is if I was making money, then I would have to give y'all a cut. But <laughs> yeah. I, I tell you what, I'm gonna give y'all fifty percent of everything I make. I do yeah. notice that you occasionally actually give us credit every once in a while for an what about idea. what about when I told you the did you hear me say the last couple of weeks ago I did your FOMO? I know. Yeah, That's and good. I said, but I like the your you did it. You added I added a, one a FOMO FOMO fear of messing up. FOMO. Yeah. So it's a fear oh, of miss. Good. It's a fear of missing out. But some mm-hmm. people then turn around and have a fear of messing up, and yeah. so they're so they won't do anything. With most religious groups, correct me if I'm wrong. If you have a, a tier of leadership that's over you, well, now you you constantly find. Human beings being what they are, they keep coming to you if you are underneath them saying, no, this not. They interject themselves to, so that you hold to the narrative, whatever it is. Yeah. With these, it's pretty nice to be, do what the Apostle Paul said, said, look, you're not paying me. Right. I'm not doing it. I'm not working for you. No, I, I think I'm a much better preacher for free. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt about Al, that. I, that's why I removed myself. And you don't worry about getting fired because you're, well, yeah. you're not hired. Well, and, it, <laughs> and even beyond that, Dad, what I didn't realize before was that when I had the burden of what I call church work, which which pastors have, I get it. I mean, I, you guys are listening out there. I know a lot of pastors listen. I understand your burden. I had it. Because things have to be done. People's funerals have to be spoken at. Weddings have to be performed. Sick people have to be prayed over. So it's the work of the church. But when you're the guy that's in charge of also presenting the word of God to guide and direct our everyday lives, those are tough things to carry together is the problem. So what I'm doing now, I get to do what I loved about preaching. And really, I think somebody was, in fact, your mother-in-law, Jace, is one of my biggest encouragers about every time I preach she sends me the nicest text and I told her what encouragement she was and I, she said the only person she would enjoy listening to as much as me is you which just so you know so I thought that was pretty good wow. well, it shows you like she's got pretty good judge of character right there <laughs> so, so we've come a long way since that initial <laughs> invitation that I said I'd like to marry your daughter <laughs> now she didn't say no but her husband did <laughs> And well, she didn't say, you're wrong, Larry. I mean, whether their daughter loved you or not, they didn't love you, Jace. I thought, okay, but she would have spoken up. No, she is. She's a really good encourager. But she, she, she encourages. So one of the things, we were texting back and forth yesterday afternoon, and she was at, saying some things about my sermon yesterday. And one of the things I kind of realized in having this discussion with her, because Peggy's been around a long time, is that I think this new change in me, too, not working for the church, it's allowed me to kind of return to my roots as a teacher. You know, when I started Weiss Ferry Road, you know, back in the day, Jay's going to test this too. They didn't just throw you up there in front of the whole group. You tell me how to earn your way in. You had to be vetted for years, you know, <laughs> that, that you knew what you were talking about. So I, so I started out teaching and so did you, dad. I mean, yeah. you and I used to teach across the hall from each other, but the teaching nature of the Bible is I think what's helped me to be able to present. And it's a little bit different because, look, I hear guys that have just a gift of preaching and, and prophecy, and they're incredible to listen to. I mean, they're amazing people. And what they do is just take a text and really challenge your life with it. But I'm definitely more of a big picture person. I mean, it's just my, it's what yeah. I'm good at. It's my gift. So well, I'm able to do that in preaching. I mean, look, I had my stint with, you know, because you, what happens is you go to school and most people think that that means, oh, well, this is what you're trained to do. And so then I went through the intern <laughs> just program. Just because you're trained, I mean, you're gifted though, right? <laughs> exactly. And yeah. uh, so what I was doing because I was reading the Gospels over and over and over and over, which I've continued to do throughout my entire Christian life, because I want to be like Jesus. You know, I, I, I'm one of these guys that I really believe, Galatians 2.20, that I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, which that's what's given me the confidence. So every time I get up 
uh, the last event I did, which I didn't share about that, which was I did for free because I had metal detected this guy's yard like seven times. And he had a cleft palate. I shared the story and he, he gave a thousand dollars to Mia's charity. I mean, not only did I find all his treasures in his yard, <laughs> he actually contributed. And so he's like, I'd like to so get you. Like I think about you said seven times. It's, it's like the question Peter asked, how many times is too many to, uh, uh, metal detect somebody's yard seven well and get this <laughs> and my goofy buddy the last time we went to his house he keeps getting a deep signal and he just keeps digging down and these metal detectors that we have there they say they go a foot deep well now once you get to about three foot that whatever you're doing you know but in your mind he was thinking oh this is some treasure box buried full of gold coins <laughs> and so what happened was but you're getting down there now where electrical lines he sends a <laughs> shovel through the main water line ah, water line and i look up and i thought okay time to go because i saw water <laughs> spewing from a hole not good and everyone gathering around and so now i'm like okay i need i now i feel guilty because <laughs> one think? of my friends i mean it's we're there's a team here so he asked me about speaking at his church one night, and so I did that this past week. And look, it was packed. I, I just my first line when I got up in front of these people, I said, "I didn't know this many people lived here," and <laughs> I was out in the middle of nowhere. But it You're was supposed to call before you dig, Jace. Yeah, but we You're get to call before you dig. They uh, what's the number eight one one? They eight one one. Yeah. What? What is that? Eight one one. I don't know that. Uh, you know the number to the bank for the time, but you don't know eight one one. So there's your problem. As the treasure hunter, you better find no. out about eight one one. Google it sometime. Well, it happened. So, uh, <laughs> and I shared Jesus. But what I'm saying is, there is something. I felt that same thing, Al. About I was just there in a community where, in America, the model that we've adopted in churches. This is my opinion, but y'all y'all can debate it if you want where somehow or another you pay the preacher to do the work. Yeah. It, it's like we feel like let's give this guy some money, and it's not much. I think there's a few preachers out there making a lot of money in churches, and that should raise some eyebrows. Yeah. You know, if you're staying in an $8 million house and you're working for the church, <laughs> we need to have a meeting about that. <laughs> but, but, but yeah, in, I want to convert to that group. In general, <laughs> the only reason I said that is because my... Hey, Al said that get hit back in the ministry right I there. Tell now. What, I tell you I could be called I, back yeah. in for... You know why I've said that? Because my son, when I was in Nashville this past week, we were going through this neighborhood, and he was telling me all these houses you know this is luke bryan's house and i mean and reed is building quite quite the house i saw it it's impressive but there was some huge house and he's like oh that's a preacher somewhere and i said whoa 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 back up (laughs) luke (laughs) bryan i understand yeah yeah he said that's a preacher's house i said they might need a meeting (laughs) so everybody laughed they could try they could try my method we don't pass the plate and we say if you want to donate or give any money there's a box back there that's bolted to the floor, so yeah. nobody run off with it. I but said, Phil, look, if I walked in into door. your church and I saw you, and they said, "There's the preacher," I would turn around and say, "I think maybe we need to pass the plate." Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this guy, get that guy a box of donuts. Who is something. that guy? Jim Smith. Yeah. I mean, if you're, gonna like, it, if you're going to do it for free, you uh, you don't have. So, by the way, back on your mother-in-law. The troubles, and then your dad-in-law Uh-oh. on the marriage that struck a chord with me. Easy, Phil. Because I live with these people. So what? 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 Uh, Jake, you were, yeah, what, what? When? When did you get married? Eighties? Oh no. Uh, what, what is No, I have a, You know 90. what? I have a clock from my aunt Ann. I'm so glad you gave it to me. <laughs> Because so when was that? It you, has the date of clocks. My, you're just you're obsessed. She, my uh, Kay's sister <laughs> gave me a clock that had my wedding date on it, and what I'm year so was glad. That? 1990. Okay, 1990. Yeah. Oh, just to show you the difference between the mindsets of the 1960s to the 1990s, 30 uh-huh. years period. Yeah, I, I said to your mother. We're just teenagers. 
Yeah. You know, I, I'm a senior in high school. She's a junior. I said, well, guess what? Someone paid for my education and I'm going to college. So it's been nice knowing you. She said, hold, hold just a minute, buddy. She said, I'm going with you. There was no yeah. conference about, well, you reckon you ought to check with your mommy. Or that? No. It was like her dad had passed away. But all I told her was, uh, you might ought to tell your mama that you're heading out with her. She said, yeah. I've already told her. She, I said, what would she say? She said, whatever you want to do. Yeah. But you got a memory. So gotta- that was when you could snatch them. And, and get out of there, and and no mother-in-law. Also, this was also. I don't know that's compared it to kidnapping. That's where you came from, Jace. So be thankful, son. If your Phil, mama hadn't have said, "I'm going with him," I'm going with you, no matter where you're going. But Phil, this was BC in your life, and so a lot of decisions that have been made were not right. Just because it all worked out, I'm not sure that the recipe. But I'm is just what giving you. I'm giving you the the function of yes. how you even got here. So be thankful. Well, I am too. And look, I've said before, I thank the Lord every single day because I was raised by two teenagers on a college yep. campus. Yeah. Mom was finishing up high school. Dad was in college. It's a wonder I'm never uh, survived. <laughs> I, it, only by the grace of God am I sitting here today. Which, by the way, we are we, we, we are in production or at least pre-production on the movie of this whole time period. So I think I'll, you got, I'll gonna, watch I, it. Oh, it's it's going to be I, a I'm movie. Sorry, it's gonna it's it's gonna be well, good. My, so my question: so y'all are how are you gonna, gonna make a make a movie of that? Young how Phil and K. How is it not gonna be rated yeah. R? Uh, we may We're working be. on that. <laughs> I, I mean, I've had to cut. I did have to cut a couple scenes. I was like, eh, it's <laughs> a little too graphic. Yeah, this yeah. is. Uh, it's a, it's, it, it will if be PG thirteen. Like it really was. It would be NC seventeen. Yeah, it was a. Why, it's do, a rough why story. do people keep doing things to embarrass me? I do not know. <laughs> because well, this is going to be a great story of of what it, it really yeah. is. I, I, it's it's such a beautiful it's story redemption. of redemption. There's well, Phil, there's a lot of people that. Well, I was just going to say. I was going to say though that transformation that I I really wouldn't be here. If I hadn't have seen the transformation, I mean, I, I say that in my speeches. I, I got to see kind of a, you know, a, a situation where it wasn't like I went to church and, and heard about Jesus. I mean, seeing the transformation then led me to Jesus. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it, it was it yeah. very impressive. No, I think it's a powerful story. So to story, all actually, our listeners, yeah. for you folks that are listening now, just 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 remember, I repented. It's embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. So whatever you see, I'm I'm sorry. To your, to your credit, Phil, you have been honest about that. Look, I had this thought. No, over. but look, let me tell you before you before you tell your thought that and that point that he just made is huge because I've now encountered multiple people that have reached out to me and to Phyllis because they have a similar story as hers. Gotcha. But look, the problem is that people don't know in their family because they were never really honest about who they were. So now they're having the 50 year tail wag the dog. And you talk about a lot wow. of pain yeah. in people's lives. That's common. Yeah. Way more of those than dad's deal oh. about, you know, I just, I was a heathen. I admit it. I was terrible, which allowed us to move on so much. Quicker. I basically told them on the front end, if you want to research my past life, well, here's what you're going to find, you know, getting high, getting laid, getting drunk. I don't know what else to tell you. But but it's, it's just the way it was. That's right. But it, but it's remarkable. All right, Jason. Well, what I was going to say. Hang is, on, let's take a break. So our sponsor, Good Ranchers, really they kind of shocked me because when they said that eighty percent of meat is being imported from other countries, um, you know, I was surprised by that. You think, well, why would that matter? Here's why it matters: a hundred thousand independent farms and ranches in the U.S. have shut down since 2015 because of this influx of foreign beef. So if you're thinking in your mind, like, why does it matter whether I get American beef or it comes from some other country? One thing is because we want Americans to have jobs. It's our country. And so it's one of the things to really help out American ranchers. Uh, It's great product, great food. You can order it, comes right to your door. You can sign up for their their monthly packages, which they'll send you, which saves you a lot of money doing that as well. When you subscribe, you're going to save $25 off of each box when you subscribe for these guys. So it's really good. Uh, You get 10 free Bistro medallions. That's $100 value and free express shipping when you go to goodranchers.com slash fill or 
Use the code Phil at checkout. That's 10 free Bistro medallions, free express shipping, and $25 off your subscription for life at GoodRanchers.com slash Phil. What I was going to say is there's a passage in Acts 18. We read it when we went through Acts, but when Paul was facing some opposition in, in Corinth, the Lord spoke to him in this dream, and I just want to make a an analogy about this. What, what text are you in? Acts 18, verse 9 and 10. And I was just going to say, this became my ministry motive. But it says, One night the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision, Do not be afraid. Keep on speaking. Do not be silent. For I am with you, and no one is going to attack and harm you. But this last phrase is the one I want to zero in on because I have many people in this city. And when you think of churches, to get back to our original point about this, where they hire preachers and they pay them, you know, when you read something like this, there were people that the Lord viewed in this statement to Paul as as part of his inner circle that wasn't necessarily on a pedestal somewhere. He was like, I have people in this city. And it made me think about being part of God's inner circle. And to me, that's 24 seven, 365. Yeah. And so when I go to a city, I'm trying to get people there, whether they take a paid position in a church somewhere or whether they're just God's people in that city. If we have God's inner circle in as many cities as we can get, that's going to be a positive thing for getting Jesus out because that, that works. It's called protection. Yeah, exactly. Protection. Yeah, I, just, I think that um, yeah, it's okay to, for pastors to be paid. I don't think that's what we're saying. No, but, and uh, by the I way, say, it's in the Bible. Exactly. It's fully, I mean, Paul said they're worthy. I mean, especially when they're doing the work of the church. And I'm saying the yeah, same thing. Worthy, You're worthy, worthy of, of double, double honor. honor. Yeah, exactly. But, but I will, to, 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 to Al's point earlier, I think all of us have kind of been in that position um, in some regard where people look at the pastor as some like something special, like he has special like connection with God that you don't have access to. It's just not true. I, I think that's why it, uh, uh, this American model of having the guy, you know, I, when, when we did the church plant in Monroe where Phil's at now, you know, we went over there with about 10 couples and there was one, one of the guys that went with us, he would always tell me, he said, man, you got to be the guy. Every every great church has the guy. You know, he named a few uh, churches. You, we need we need you to be that guy. And I'm like, no, hmm. there's no guy. Like when you read like the the biblical model for church structure, like out of First Peter, I was just when you were talking, Jace, I was thinking about this. You've got Peter, who's an apostle. He's a, meaning he has apostolic authority, meaning that he's he's a big dog. And uh, and but when he when he talks to the elders, he doesn't say. Peter as an apostle, he says, Peter, he says, therefore, I exhort the elders among you as your fellow elder. So you see, Peter comes down off of this position when he's talking to the elders who are leading the church. Right. He says, I'm just one of y'all. And then when they reference the lead pastor, or the or the, in the Bible it's called the chief elder, same, same term, lead pastor, chief elder, the, the, the main shepherd, you know who they're talking about? Jesus. Yeah. He said, he by says, the way, who is the man? That's the man you need. That's the man. He says, when when the chief shepherd appears, when the, in other words, when the lead pastor appears, when when the main pastor appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. He's talking about Jesus. When yeah. Jesus, so we talk about lead, like the lead guy. I think that's the problem. You know, we've built these this model where you got this guy who's got a dynamic personality, and then everybody kind of gets around the guy. But what happens when the guy falls? Like Mark Driscoll up in yeah. up in Seattle. And there's a number one one of the number one podcast out right now is about his collapse and fall. Right. Um, so I think that we got to be careful developing. That's why I love what we're doing because well, we're like, ain't no guy. That, that's what I was getting. Jesus. That's what I was getting to. It's got to be an inner circle because the churches tend to alienate the lead pastor. From everyone else, right. even even I've been in places where they've introduced the the new pastor and didn't even introduce his wife with him. Yeah, I'm like, 
I thought the two were one. That, that's a package deal. Which, trust me, she's yeah. going to be a part of it. Which is, y'all know me. I'm all for even in the elderships. I mean, the wife is just as important as, as the the man. When Absolutely. you introduce them, get the wife up there. Because you don't trust do anything me. on your own. But my point is, no. uh, Zach, you read First Peter, but you know Ephesians four. I've read this many times. I'm but glad he, to see you're still holding on to it because just barely. It's it's it all coming apart on you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Good use. <laughs> Verse 11 of Ephesians 4 says, It was he who gave son to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. And that next verse says, To prepare God's people for works of service so that the whole body of Christ may be built up and reach unity. So I'm saying this idea of we're paying this guy to do the work. We sit here an hour. Then we give a thumbs up or thumbs down by how much we're given. And then everybody go out and just live normal lives in society that's not going along with how Jesus's ministry uh, is I think it's just upsetting to me it's un- it's unsustainable it's 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 unsustainable to think that we're going to come in as believers and we're going to sit one hour a week in, in the assembly and be catechized in the assembly we're going to be taught we're going to be molded in that one hour and then we're going to give all of our spiritual responsibility as, as we are the priesthood of believers, but we're going to give all of that over to one guy. And we're going to say, now we're going to, we're going to pay you to do what we're supposed to be doing. We're going to pay you to be the priest. Yeah, it's so, too much. So, so here's much. what I was going to say about this event it's I did much. in the middle of nowhere in Podunk, Louisiana. So I'm, I've metal detecting this guy's yard seven times. Well, on three different occasions, somebody from the community saw me out there. And pulled in. One was a special needs kid that was a big fan, but we gathered around because the mom, I don't think it was his mom, I think it was his grandma, but she asked if I'd pray for him. Well, we got into a circle and I prayed. Now we're in a yard. It's not Sunday morning. I I don't even live here, but we had a situation here and I, I pray. Well, she's, she starts crying and, and we had a little come to Jesus. I think of Jesus moment encounter well somebody got wind of that that we're we're praying out here in the yard so the next time i was there some guy came up he had been diagnosed with cancer he come up there tears in his eyes before we even got started he's like you know i heard you would pray for people and i was like well yeah and so i had that moment well then there was a another family who had their son had attempted suicide so they saw me in the yard, pulled up, and we had this, we had a prayer, you know, for them. And I'm, of course, it's funny because my buddies are looking around. And it's like, I mean, this has turned into a church church house <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> and so when, here's my buddy who doesn't work for the church there. He's just, I think he's one of God's people in that community. Yep. So then he's asking me because he's like, I'm trying to get something going I teach the young people. And so when I showed up, I was shocked at how many young people were there at this gathering, which excited me because I thought, well, I see his work Mm -hmm. that's happening here. I've already met some people in the community. So I started thinking outside the box, thinking this is this is God's doing something here. We're 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 stirring. And it wasn't revolving around the preacher because look, here's what's interesting. When I got to the church, well, I met the pastor. And he's like, yeah, this is my last week here because he had just taken another job somewhere. So, in fact, it was the exact opposite. That's why I'm bringing this up. He's leaving. I was like, well, who's going to be the passion? They're like, I don't know. I guess you for now. I said, well, I guess for tonight. I guess It's a one-hit wonder. But I was just trying to make that analogy because here's a church where you would think they would be going through a difficult time because their pastor's leaving. Right. But I, I actually felt the exact opposite. I thought, oh, we're, because that place was, you could not put another person in there for this, this gathering. And of course, I shared Jesus. And as I left, they were doing the invitation. And it, it was awesome. Well, I think it's a great point, Joe, that the health of a church, of the body of Christ, should be in that church and not a pastor leaves or stays is not going to determine whether that's a healthy place or not. That's, I mean, that's, that's the point I was getting. Yeah. At. And I, yeah. and I think WFR, our church was in the same position. Our guy, Trent, who we love, we've had on the podcast and I miss him because he's such a dynamic uh, person, 
but he's been gone now two years. But our church was healthy enough that, you know, we could have a couple of guys just step right into the in terms of the proclamation. And, I, and I'll say something else. Let's, uh, let's take a break. Well, duck season is approaching, Dad. We're inside three weeks now when it's going to crank up. So you know what that means for everybody seated at this table? More aches and pains. Yeah. You're going to be crawling through blinds. You're going to be getting in and out of the boat. You're going to be hauling the decoys. and the. No matter how much you try to make it not work, I mean, it's it's pretty amount, good amount of work, you know, when you're going duck hunting. So one of the things that we do to combat that is we take Omega XL, which deals with inflammation, which comes from all that activity that we're talking about. And the older you get, the worse it is, and that's why we need it. It helps to rejuvenate your joints and muscles when you get that inflammation off of there. So you want to check these guys out. It's definitely helped us, uh, especially for activity like we're talking about. So you go to Omega XL, you buy a bottle, you're going to get a second bottle free, which is going to give you a couple of months supply. And that's what about what it takes is eight weeks to really get yourself lined out. That's OmegaXL.com slash fill, or you can call them uh, 1-800-844-4888. That's 1-800-844-4888 or OmegaXL.com slash fill. I'm 75, no aches and pains. There you go. It's the best endorsement you can get. That I've learned from when I preached before when I was a paid guy. So a lot of times in churches, this is more inside baseball for being a pastor, you'll get things from church leadership or even your own observations, and you'll start thinking things like, when's the last time you know, I preached a sermon on and then throw a topic in there? Or someone will come to you and say, well, you know, we got a situation here. You need to be preaching on this. So your preaching becomes so reactionary you know, to, to your surroundings, which at first that sounds pretty good. But then I realized you get further away from the Bible and the context of the Bible when your thinking is that way. So what we've done is by us preaching as we're doing this podcast, we did the book of John. We did the book of Acts. We did the book of Romans. We're now in the book of Matthew. And this is just straight Bible. And so what I've noticed is from a standpoint of feeding sheep, People seem to be much healthier than me just popping topics somewhere or finding the hottest book that's out there yeah, in the market. Exactly. You see what I'm saying? I mean, it well, really uh, is a 100%. return to what was happening. It's like the two girls that came in and said, is this a, like a normal church? And <laughs> I said, oh, yeah. She said, well, where's the preacher? Yeah. Because she was looking around. They were both looking around. that They couldn't spot the guy. That was uh, I bet well, they wanted right. to put some money in the box, too. But, well, but Zach, well. Zach, that's why also I think these churches realize that, oh, we need small groups. How come they're so effective? Well, because Jesus' model was he took a small group of people, and he went around doing godly things on an individual basis. Sometimes crowds would gather. You know, bigger crowds, yep. but he had yeah. all these moments of individuals. Well, then, and you want you want to have a great church in our society today. You have that church filled with small little inner circles who are getting together on a daily yeah. basis yeah. of saying, "How can we get Jesus in this community?" That's right. That's what makes it powerful. It's like all these little pods, which, which again, I was going to say this earlier, which is why the chosen that show is so powerful. Because they zeroed in on that little inner circle of Jesus and him training them to be God's light in the world on an individual daily basis. Even with their, even, yeah. even with their, in spite of their mistakes, they're only human. Yep. Which is the way I this love, works. I love that. Man, that's, that's so key because think about a conversation we had in the last podcast about uh, the meta, Facebook's meta, and which is, which is really going to do more to take people away from community you, you kind of see the, the the devil's scheme of what he wants to accomplish. Yep. He wants to get people apart and isolated. That's why these this this model of having this pastor who's isolated and insul in, well insulated really. He's insulated from the people and it and then the church that flows down. And I think that is so so true, man. You guys talk about like like this idea of of just returning back to scripture, like not coming to church is to really be, uh, um, it, it's not about entertainment. It's not about yeah. us coming to consume the entertainment of the church. That's why I love what you're talking about, Al, with expository preaching. That's the term, expository yep. preaching, where we just, we're going through the Bible and let the Bible speak where it speaks. And it forces us to deal with, you know, difficult passages that 
sometimes you may want to skip over because there's a lot in here that if I had written the Bible, I would not have put in here. <laughs> but I didn't write the Bible. So I had, I had I mean? one of those yesterday, Zach, the, the passage we talked about on the podcast about the Canaanite woman. That's an uncomfortable text. And you, yeah. you, don't, you don't hear a lot of sermons about it because Jesus basically said, you know, we're, we're going to feed our food to the children, to the dogs in this woman. But, but the point was that Jesus made, which is a powerful one, is that she got it. Yeah. She got it. She got it. The, the, the disciples kept missing it. But the, here's this Canaanite woman, and she's like, yeah, <laughs> but you know what? Even the dogs get the crumbs, and Jesus says, what a woman of faith. She understands. You know what she also got? You get it. She was you get unoffendable. It. That's right. And you think about how many people Man. in our churches are offendable. Look, huh. they will get offended over the drop of a hat. Or yeah. maybe I should say the wearing of a hat. <laughs> we talked about that on last <laughs> or, You know, you eat a Snickers bar in the back of the... Oh, I didn't know there was a line where holiness that you cross over. And you, you can't eat here. Eat here. Can't eat here. Or I've had people say, well, you can listen to music out there. <laughs> but not, not in, in here. here. I mean, it's like, what? Not up in here. What? 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 And they're like, and I'm offended. But this woman was unoffendable because Jesus pretty much tried to offend her That's right. and it was impossible yeah. she was like doesn't matter just give me the crumbs which is why okay. he said how many times did he say to the disciples in this text 14 through 16 are you so dull do you still not understand are you not listening to what i'm telling you and the woman he's like now there's some faith because three yeah. times out of her desperation for this daughter that had a demon she's yeah. like i get it You've got the power to do it, and she would not stop until he said, "Permission granted." Well, you, you see, know? you see, you see her heart. Her heart is a heart of desperation. I think exactly. what, the reason why we, we want to blame the senior pastor model, that kind of the, the guy model, but really, man, we we really demand that from the church, right? The people do. We 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 want that because it's containable. Okay, if I could just reduce my whole thing down to, hey, let me come here Sunday morning, get my worship on, get my get my get my worship fix on. And be fed. Let me let me come and consume, you know, the worship, and then I'll leave it. I can contain that. That's totally different than, than the Romans twelve passage, which says that true worship is not you going on Sunday morning to consuming something. It's to offer your body as a living sacrifice. This is your spiritual act and of worship. Stretch it out. That, that, that's a lot month, more. Where Monday and Tuesday is just like Sunday. <laughs> Well, and like Jason yeah, described, and, every prayer that he had with each of those individuals that was in a seeking moment, I mean, that was offering up sacrifice and praises. That's worship. I mean, in its purest sense yeah. and form. That's yes. what I was going to say. But I, you know, and you I, can do that I, anywhere. After a while, 100%, it, hit, it yeah. hit me that I thought, I think God wants me to do something here. I mean, because yeah. look, I've metal detected all over the surrounding states and i keep going back to this place and people keep showing up yeah. then the guy asked me i'm i'm like then he's like donated his money to helping these kids and i'm like i i need to do, i mean what is he got to write me a letter you know not yeah. tap me on the, the old shoulder. phrase and we will see you at the next appointed <laughs> time you're like, yeah. wait a minute here. When when is that? No, wait, we got to back up. What? God, 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 guard and direct us to the next appointed time. That's right. You got to get that. It was to, it, it was to thy next appointed time. That's I think right. it was the word. So thy, so uh, thy I had an experience like Jason was describing. So there's a guy Todd, wonderful guy that does landscaping, and he was doing it in our neighborhood down in Alabama. And so we get to talking, and he hadn't heard of the podcast, but he had heard I was a, a preacher. So we just start talking, and you know, you're going to have a lot more spiritual discussions. And he was telling me he wanted me to pray for his brother. He said, just, you know, please pray for my brother. And he was telling me some things about it. I said, well, let's do it right now. And we're standing in the middle of the street in my neighborhood in Alabama. And he kind of looked around like, he was like, can we do that? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, we can pray wherever we want to, brother. And we just had that prayer. And he said, man. Thank you so much for that. I, I, you know, what he was saying was, I'd, I, I've got this need in my life. I'm concerned about the spiritual well-being of my brother, and I want you to know about it. But then it was like, well, let's just go ahead and do that. Like, we yeah. can do that in the middle of the street or wherever we are, you know, which was, I yeah. thought it was funny that he looked around to see, you know, is this, is this <laughs> can we do this in the middle of the street? Sure we can. Let's take another break. So, Jay, they say home is where the heart is. Um, have you found that to be true? Yeah. Well, it's 
to your will. Uh, but it's who's in the home, right? Yeah, that's right. Because sometimes you have more than one home, um, like we do. But one of the things that you don't want to do is lose your home and the roof over your head by someone stealing the title to your home, which unfortunately happens. You got these cyber thieves. Uh, they steal your, you know, you're talking about stealing your credit card. What about stealing your whole house, which is a much bigger risk? They hack in because your your title is kept somewhere in computer land, as dad says. They find it, and then they say you sold them the house. So they spend all your equity, and then you wind up holding the bag. Happens a lot. It's one of the fastest growing crimes uh, in the world. And so you don't want to be a victim to this. So what you do is you go to HomeTitleLock.com. Register your address. Make sure that you're not already a victim. Use the promo code RADIO. They're going to give you 30 free days of protection. So that's HomeTitleLot.com, promo code RADIO. HomeTitleLot.com, RADIO. Well, to get back to your your story about the faith of the Canaanite woman, I heard somebody make a joke one time that Jesus was unlike any other preacher ever. And the reason he was the greatest is because he was the only one that when asked a question, when she she came up and said, Lord, have mercy on me. My daughter suffering terribly from demon possession. Jesus didn't answer a word. So they're like, well, that just ruled him out of any other preacher in society because they have never been asked a question and not say anything. <laughs> they had, didn't have an answer for <laughs> Ouch, that, 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 that hits too That's a stinger right today. That's pretty but good. But you think about it, most preachers are have the gift of gab. That's right. And they yeah. would never under any circumstance, not answer a question. They just yeah. wouldn't do it. That's exactly right. So I, I think that he was breaking down a lot of walls here. And right. I've said that before. A lot of what you'll find when you look at how Jesus operated, he was a listener. Right. I mean, in this case, he just didn't answer, which I don't know why he didn't, but it is bizarre. What was, but, but then he listened. Right. And well, I think obviously he knew some some of what was about to happen but he waited until they said once again here's the disciples can you shut her up because you're not you're not responding to her but she's like annoying us and i'm paraphrasing but that's what they said and then he he addresses the one then i think they were devaluing her exactly and you don't do that don't do that everybody what he turned what turns out is she understands what you dummies don't yeah you know that's what ultimately said so i I made the point in the sermon uh i started out in john 14 and of course we're getting towards 16 dad's going to preach this sunday but we i I never really made as big a deal i think that it is a big deal in this text that this begins with john's beheading in prison because it obviously impacted jesus because twice he he withdraws in solitude to sort of mourn the moment. And more I'm thinking about it, this really did kick off the whole shebang because John had been out there in the desert. People people liked him, even though he was kind of strange. They followed him. And now when all of a sudden you speak truth to power and they cut your head off and it comes out on a platter just for people's amusement, you know, and I never really thought about that much. The Herod in the story was such a such a villainous person. He had no conviction. He had John killed because he had a had a uh, incestuous lust for his niece, and yeah. then made a bunch of boastful th- things that he wouldn't go back on. That's the only reason John lost his head was because yeah. this guy was such a moron. And so I thought about, it, but think about the chilling effect that would have on the disciples because this was the guy that pointed everybody to Jesus, and his head comes out on a platter. He's a the forerunner of Jesus. It was a powerful preacher oh, and prophet. Yeah. You know, oh, it, was, it was Elijah. So I, I, re- I realized that everything that happens after this is really Jesus trying to get his troops ready about yeah. for what's about to happen. Because it, it, Jesus is almost saying, look, I, you, you don't even know yet how bad this is going to get. I mean, yeah, losing John, him getting his head cut which, off. Which is my point about having that inner circle. I mean, I think we all need that being part i mean you first you just ask yourself a question am i part of god's inner circle in this town wherever i'm at am i would he could he say what he said to that place in corinth to paul in that vision i got some people i want to be one of those people here in that inner circle right yeah i was watching the uh 
Sunday night football game the other night. The only reason I was watching it, but you're a Dallas fan. You got I am. I got my cowboy hat on. Well, they, and they were starting a quarterback that I'd never heard of. Uh, Cooper Rush. Which, by the way, I gave the I'm a Cowboys. I gave them about a two percent chance to win that game. I was thinking they are not exactly. going to win this game. And that, no, that's the only reason Did I watched they win? it. Yeah, yeah, they won. But look, here's what oh, I yeah, wanted to won. say. Here, I wanted to make a spiritual application because it's hard to watch football these days for a lot of reasons. <laughs> but you know, I just like the game, and I wanted to see this guy because I just thought, man, I bet he's nervous. I mean, this is, hey, you're starting. <laughs> Here you go. Good luck, buddy. And so I don't I, think he's ever started as first he? career start. Yeah. Well, I noticed as the TV went on, they kept showing his, his family. family. I mean, how many times they showed it? A, the game? a dozen, 20. Oh, I mean, wow. yeah, it's more than that. I mean, that, that was the story because somebody back in the truck well, was I made like, it to the zoom fourth, in. fourth quarter, went to bed because I said, no, they're yeah, not going to win. They're not gonna so win. they went. But I was like, well, why are they showing? Why does this mean more to his inner circle? Because they know him. To us, it was just a guy, you know. <laughs> we that, never heard of him. had a red beard, which I like. Yeah. But, I mean, he had a beard, you know. And, and you don't – it was no big deal. But for them, look, you could see the passion, the yeah. tears in their eyes. Yep. The high, I saw – I could read his dad's lips one time when they were uh, when they were driving at the end. He was like, be smart. Just be smart. Just be smart. I was thinking. He was coaching hey, him dude, up. He can't hear you <laughs> from up there. He's not thinking, okay, I need to be smart right now, That's Dad. Right. But, I, you know, it was, it, his, it was moving. That dad was going back to Little League, to high school football. Yeah. I mean, in his mind. He, he had was, a little cadre of believers there. That's exactly right. But my right. point was, and that that – because I thought about that's what we are in God's kingdom. We're these little groups, and we have our little inner circle. And look, I don't make any excuses about it. I When I see people that really focus on Jesus and love Jesus from the heart, whether I have anything else with them in common or not, I pursue a relationship with them. You know, I have an inner circle of people like, so if something comes up, whether it's raising my kids or something, I have on speed dial an inner circle of people. And you say, well, how did you create that inner circle? I pursued it. It's like, I want these people helping me make Jesus decisions on a daily basis. And the reason we're so passionate with each other, because we know each other, we spend time with each other. So I wanted to promote that because I think even in a, in a silly football game, we're all familiar with our inner circle mm -hmm. and what we have, because that truly is how you're going to produce and, yep. and who you represent and where your passion is going to come from. So number one, you want to be a part of God's inner circle, right? He, you're in his inner circle and then have those friends. And that is your ministry team as we think of the church you, being established. You know, that's really interesting, Jason. Let's take our last break. That when you, to, to further your analogy, you know, the crowds, of course, of course that was a road game, but so the, the Saints quarterback had a backup quarterback that, that mm -hmm. really played well and they won. Then you had the Jets had a backup quarterback and they knocked off the Bengals yesterday, then the Cowboys. So it was kind of like the day of the backups, you know, the Cowboys. But I thought about how fickle crowds are. Two of those were home crowds where they were cheering for this guy. But look, these guys have never played before. If they play a little bit more, they're going to stink it up at some point. I mean, it's coming because you're an NFL quarterback. Those fans will be booing them, but who won't be booing them is the, the inner, inner circle. circle. Yeah, that's, that, that, that's why that he's. Guy, uh, that group I, I met with on Thursday night, two or three nights ago, out of Dallas, great brothers reaching out to the people in Uganda and, uh, Showed them how to drill whales, you know, and but they've got teams of disciples that are going down there and discipling the Ugandans while they're at it, and they help them with their physical needs. It was just a great bunch of brothers yep. that I didn't even know existed until yeah. I went over and met with them. It was pretty cool. That's really Real cool. cool. Well, that's why I, I was impressed. Why, why was Why was Jesus upset about John the Baptist? He was in his inner circle. Yep. He He prepared the way. I mean, it's the when I went to Greece and met with these Iranians, well, if you'd have told me anything about Iran, I was not interested. But I met these people in, in the name of Jesus who were risking their life to share Jesus. And guess what? I wanted to be in that inner circle. <laughs> right. I told them, I yeah. said, I was quiet for about the first hour when I ran up on y'all. I said, I was just watching to see if I could tell that you were disciples of Jesus because of your love for one another. I, I said, I've been here long enough now. 
You love one you another, it. and I'm glad to be here. So we had a guy yesterday at WFR Dad that was from Liberia, and a really interesting guy. And I've been to Liberia. So when I after I met him, I was sick yesterday. Like I was preaching, but my ears are stopped up for about the last three days. So when you're when you're preaching and your ears are stopped up, it feels like you've got a a five gallon bucket over yeah. your head. I couldn't hear myself. It was so distracting. So I was going to get up and you know and whine about living in Louisiana during the ragweed season, which is right now. And I said, but you know, then I met this brother from Liberia, and I thought if I start whining about how bad it is to live in Louisiana, he's going to say, "Quit whining." Yeah, <laughs> he, he's from Liberia. Mm. I've been there. Yeah. I mean, that's a rough that's a rough track. But all these brothers, when you find that community we've been talking about in any culture, it always speaks to what you were talking about. It's yeah. so clear. It's it's the people of God, and you can see it, and you can notice it, yep. and it doesn't matter how bad their economic situation is. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter any of that. The love of Christ when it shines. I saw it firsthand oh, Thursday too. night, in Dallas, Texas. Any culture. Well, to the the way and the way it shines. I love what you said about the inner circle. Whenever everybody else is condemning you, the inner circle is going to lift you up. But on the flip side, when everybody else is praising you, it's the inner circle that's going to say, "Hold on, man, you're not don't so- think too highly of yourself." <laughs> that's right. So it's kind Sit of like, like play you smart. Get the, you get both. You get both sides of it. That's you know? exactly. But right. I think keep, that's keep what Jesus was training these men to see. They yes. were getting to know Him. Because when he drops the bombshell, when we get to Matthew 16 about who do you say I am, and right. he's like, you're the Lord, Son of mm-hmm. Christ. Well, I think people forget that he said, I'm going to build my church. I mean, it belongs, which that's us. Yeah. We yep. belong yep. to him. It's mm-hmm. his. It's not yep. ours. Yep. We're sitting there thinking, now, should the pastor get a raise? Or And I know that's part of what you got to do. Right. But the bigger picture is this is the Lord's church. We we're doing the Lord's yeah. work. Yes. All of us. Right. Not just we're not gonna pay now some what guy. Com- and what committee I serve on and how we do this, that, and the other. So but that's so, the problem is we all get disconnected. Right. So everybody goes to their house. There are no inner circles. That's why when somebody thought small groups was the answer, small groups per se is not necessarily the answer. You most of us got into trouble when we got a small group of teenagers with nobody else around and started doing mischief. So I'm saying the small group for Jesus is what's powerful. Right. The inner circle is, is no, and you're exactly right. And one of the things I thought about, there's, there's two different things in this text in this whole period where the villains are the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the teachers of the law. And they do a couple of things. One remember they griped about them, not washing their hands, which we've talked about. And then the disciples said, well, did you realize we offended the Pharisees? Like mm-hmm. Jesus, like, who cares about that? And then later they demanded a sign. And Jesus looks at the disciples and he heard them. They forgot to bring bread. So he says, don't fall for the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. In other words, I know you have them in high regard, but don't listen to them. And yeah. then they, they looked at each other and they said, he said that because we didn't bring the bread. It yeah. was so innocent. Yet at the same oh, time, it shows you how easy it is to miss. Yep. And you want to fall right back into yep. that like religious, you know, hierarchy, which exactly. is what was happening. Even though they had a point. I mean, <laughs> yeah. if I saw him feed 5,000, then 4,000. Which, by the way, well, he created matter. So Zach yeah. mentioned the second law of thermodynamics in the last podcast. Jesus created enough food to feed about fifteen to 20,000 people out of 12 loaves and a few uh, fish. Well, not only that, Al, you know, how many storms... You know, they walked on water. You had that. You had him asleep in the boat, and they woke him up. Yep. Oh, we're going to die. And he's like, shh. And then the storm comes. So he's got what? what, what Power what, over nature, elements. What law of thermodyna- <laughs> thermodynamics is that? One? Yeah. And so, well, then he has this, when he says this about, uh, this is something we've used many times, which people are surprised this is in the Bible because we thought the Navy invented this. But in 16, 1 and 2, he, he comes up, which is a direct quote from what he said in chapter 12 about saying the Pharisees and the Sadducees want a sign yeah. from heaven. I mean, they have Jesus. He is from heaven. You, you, have, <laughs> you have the guy who's creating the signs, right. but they're like, oh, no, it's not enough. No, no, no. And so he replied, when evening comes, you say it will be fair weather for the sky is red in the morning. Today it will be stormy. So 
for the sky's red and overcast. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the time. That was an early Weather called? Channel reference. That, you know. I love <laughs> this because the worst <laughs> profession, speaking of paid professions, right. are weather people. Right. Literally, huh. anyone can do this because nobody yeah, really knows. It's the most unpredictable thing on the planet. That's right. And and Jesus gives you some wisdom duck on how hunters, to predict. Duck hunters it. would know that. That's right. Well, we would know it, but you didn't know that that's in the Bible. That's why these people say, "Oh, there's no evidence about God. It's some kind of made up story." You know, people that are non-believers, and I'm like, "Oh no, there's evidence." You know where that <laughs> saying came on how to read the yeah. weather? That, that's that came from us, the Lord. <laughs> Once again. The originators right here. So now these people with all these graphics and technology, you know, and then every once in a while, some meteorologist will stick his head outside and say, oh, red in the morning. <laughs> Sailor's warning. <laughs> Got that from Matthew 16. <laughs> he didn't wow. Learn. Man, we we have really uncovered something here today. Yeah, weather you didn't know that? <laughs> no, See, this I is didn't. news. Zach's learning along with the rest of us. Learning. So, so the point is, as we get here to wrap up point, and this will lead us into what Dad's going to be preaching about, is that all these things that Jesus was doing was getting these guys ready for what was going to happen. The one good thing about the disciples, and I throw them under the bus all the time when we're in this part of the text. In fact, somebody told me, I said, oh, you're so hard on the disciples. I said, well, look, I'm no different. If you had followed me around and wrote down all the stupid stuff that I thought and said when I was first being discipled in Christ, it would be just as laughable as what these just guys. Just think about it. this thing is going to jump from, you know, who is this guy? Yeah. Who, who is he on the way, walking on water feet? Who, who is he? It goes from who is he <laughs> to this. This is what I'm going to do. That's right. When they got to yeah. that, they're like, yo, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, what the... Everybody looked around. Even his disciple, they looked around. They didn't get it. No, but none they, of them got but it. But these guys, minus Judas, are going to not only understand it one day. Oh. They're all going to go to their death. That's right. Being gonna, who we needed them to be. Right. So At first, it was like you're going to do what? Right. So, so it's really what never. I'm, so I'm saying the point is, is should be encouraging to us who miss it a lot of times. That you know what, you can still do great things for the Almighty even though you miss yeah. a lot of points, because yep. certainly that was the way from the original guys, too. Yep. So, All right, 100%. Dad, so I've teed you up. So now you're Sunday, you're going to let it. Now, by the way, those of you that uh, watch our live stream, you can catch Dad, uh, WFRChurch.org, on Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. So if you want to watch, well, uh, he, he's going to be preaching. Because I don't know when this will come out. It'll be this The Sunday. good news this is, is on Friday, so it'll be this Fortunately Sunday. for me, they can't fire me because they never hired me. Me either. That's a really good me either. Zach either. And if they did fire me, I, I wouldn't hold it against them. I'm like, bye. See y'all later. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, Subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.